Okay. Hello, willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, morhaba. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 195 on Sunday the 15th of August. I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. And uh, no Armish Matt this week. And you may notice a sort of serious tone to my voice this week because we're, we've got a very serious topic and we've got Mitchell Gerber here from Stop, uh, Stop Organ Harvesting now.org is that right you're on mute mitchell there he is uh how we got phil yeah ben nice to, nice to be on your show it's a pleasure it's an honor i've heard a lot about you i love your show and i'm just grateful to be on it's uh stop organ harvesting.org i should have known that because I've, I've put it on giant letters on the stream yeah, say <laughs> <But> <laughs> I neglected to read it while we were doing that. But, sure. um, no worries. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you. Can't uh, let you know how appreciative we are of you uh, staying up to the early hours there because you're close to the Chinese border, right? About 200 miles, yeah. I mean, in Hanoi, Vietnam, and just exposing this new form of evil, guys. And I know it seems like it's been done before and it has, and it's on a lot a smaller scale, but this kind of evil with such a superpower behind it is crazy. And I'm glad to be here to show you some clips and just to share a little bit of wisdom I've attained along the path. Well, here in the West, here in the, in the West, in our mainstream media, we occasionally hear about catch-all terms like human rights abuses and uh, the plight of the Uyghurs, and there's never really anything in a lot of detail, and there certainly is never any mention of Falun Gong, and uh, I think that's a good place to start. If you could give us a bit of background, a bit of history, the Falun Gong movement, what it is, what happened to them at the turn of the 21st century. Absolutely. Well, the background I'm sure your audience would like to know is how I got involved and what a little bit of background with me. So I'll share in a nutshell. I come from a Jewish family. I come from South Africa. The only reason why I basically landed up in South Africa is because my family from Nazi-occupied Lithuania and Hungary, they had to flee. Otherwise, they would be all slaughtered. Most of them were slaughtered by the Nazis. And those who were lucky enough to survive landed in South Africa. There I was born. And then I left to the United States. And I was, I'm a 25-year uh, American citizen um, residing in Atlanta, Georgia. And then I decided to go around the world and advocate for the and crusade for the for the for the story that I've, I'm on your show to discuss about. Um, and I've been doing that for 21 years. So now in Vietnam, and I'm on the borders of, of the Communist Party's Red Devil uh, uh, border, and uh, just been doing this, exposing this red. Uh, dragon for the last 21 years and um, you know Falun Gong 
uh, Ben and Phil and all everybody who's watching, it's very similar to Tai Chi. I don't know if you grew, grew up with Bruce Lee, watching Bruce Lee, or the the, the series that just came on uh, with Ip Man, uh, Bruce Lee's master. Um, and it's just brilliant to share about Western culture and uh, fusion with Eastern culture in a, in a quite ancient and and and, uh, and harmonious uh, way. Mm. And Falun Gong, very similar to yoga, to Tai Chi, um, it teaches the principles of truthfulness, compassion, tolerance, very similar to the universal principles in spirituality, sex, different religious practices, Christianity, Judaism, uh, Buddhism, Taoism, deeply rooted in Buddhism and Taoism. Um, and it emphasizes character building and virtue rather than fanaticism or radicalism or extremism um, as a true path of health and spiritual elevation. And many people were initially drawn to this, as I was. When I was studying international business, I was always going after the money, the power of the woman, right? At that 21-year-old age of fun, you know, and partying and having a good time, I was at the University of Georgia, one of the top 10 schools of, of business in, in the South, my father invested a lot of money. I was interning at a prestigious uh, investment firm. And one day I just felt in my inside I wasn't doing right. I wasn't in terms of feeling right. I was stressed out. I was anxious. I was only thinking about money, 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 money. I was partying a lot. There's nothing wrong with making money, being successful, you know, being uh, uh, having a good time, you know, putting the fun back in dysfunctional. But you... When it comes to time when you when your body starts talking to you and saying, "Come on, you know, I want more of a healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle, a healthy mindset, a health, a healthy way of doing things," I was looking for something that would bring me to that state. And I tried yoga. I loved yoga. I still to this day love yoga. I practice a little yoga, and uh, health and wellness in the gym is magical. You know, pump that iron, running, uh, swimming, and. I came across Falun Gong at an international festival at the University of Georgia, and I was initially drawn to the practice, guys, because it was incredible healing to me when I learned the first exercise, which is called uh, it's a stretching exercise. And there's five exercises where you unblock all those energy channels. And guys, immediately when I was practicing, the I don't know how to explain it. Like as soon as, as the first one, you stretch the whole body to unblock all those energy channels, and I was like feeling boom, 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 like down my back, like just popping open, releasing that stress, releasing that anxiety, and I was like, wow, I need more of this stuff, man. I love this stuff, and in a short amount of time that I practiced with no money involved, no cultish tendencies involved, no dogmatic principles involved, just a simple improvement and cultivation of your spirit, of your heart, of your mindset, based on truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance to become more successful in life with your businesses, with your relationships, and just with your living. And uh, yeah, this practice became the largest spiritual movement in China, and um, then it was outlawed by the Chinese government. And I know I've been talking a lot, I'm trying to, I'm trying to Contains 21 years into like an hour. But if you want to be so kind to share, uh, I think a video tells the story of a thousand words very, 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 very well. So just to back up everything I was saying, Ben and, and Phil, would you like to f- play the first clip to show your audience what we're dealing with? Yeah, that'd be great. Yep, absolutely. Stand by. Clip number one. Where's it? There we are. One of the worst. 
the spinning wheel of death. It didn't do this when I tested it this afternoon. Shall I try and refresh it? Yay or nay? Yeah. Let me just reload. Let me just reload the page. That's what I love about this, the realness and the authenticity of (laughs) podcasting. It's great. It's great. People appreciate this nowadays with all the fake news coming on. Right, we'll try again. One of the worst crimes in history began taking place in hospitals throughout the country as organ transplants suddenly began to skyrocket. We've been asked to investigate allegations that uh, there has been harvesting of organs of Falun Gong in China. Our bottom line conclusion after considering everything as best we could was that the allegations are true. I began conducting comprehensive interviews with medical professionals, Chinese law enforcement personnel, and over 50 refugees from the Laogai system. But I estimate that 65,000 Falun Gong were murdered for their organs from 2000 to 2008. Essentially what organ harvesting means is they're taking Falun Gong practitioners literally like cattle, holding them in prison camps, testing their blood and other vital organs, and when someone comes into the country that needs a heart, a liver, a kidney, they find a match, they take the Falun Gong practitioner, extract their organs, of course killing them in the process. People who are expecting this to sort of just be solved naturally by all we have to do is sit back and they'll fix it, this is wrong. The West has to take a role. And the one role the West can do is say, these are our values. We cannot go beyond this. There are certain lines we can't cross. This is a red line. That's an absolute red line. Enver Toti, the surgeon-turned-bus driver, says it's been 20 years since he removed the organs from that live prisoner. It remains a mystery why so few people have ever heard about the thing he says he cannot forget. This is my experience. This is a real true story. If you keep silence, this tragedy will continue. And people, they just don't want to touch this evil. Because if you touch this evil, maybe at the end of the day, you may not be able to tackle this and uh, consequences. That is my guess. Powerful, and yeah, uh, just sum it all up. Yeah, and that that last chap who was speaking, he was driving a London bus or a bus in the UK, and uh, he's been involved actually on the table removing organs. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, Doctor Invertotti, uh, he sat with me in London at, in Westminster Abbey. I believe that's what it's called. Uh, where the, is it Westminster Abbey? Um, yes, so the, the, the famous parliament building in London. We were doing a, a presentation with uh, the bald-headed man, the investigative journalist, Ethan Gutman, and Dr. Enver Torti, and the two gentlemen from Canada, Dr. Uh, David Kilgore and, and Mattis. Mattis wasn't there, but we had all the investigators for two hours. We were the first presentation on a, in a child trafficking court. Uh, and child abuse courts, the pedophilia, the human trafficking, child trafficking. And we got to share about what the Chinese Communist Party is doing 
Ben and Phil and everybody who's watching and listening is taking a large group of these people, the Falun Gong, particularly 95% of the organs are coming from the Falun Gong practitioners and then others are coming from Uyghur Muslims who have been ethnically cleansed, Tibetans from the Dalai Lama traveling around the world for many years trying to stop the slaughter of these Tibetans and house Christians, underground Christians, have been sent by the Chinese military in steel cattle cars, transported to over 2,000 hospitals, 250 concentration camps called the Laogao system, as he just mentioned in the video in the clip, and 36 to 40 death camps, cutting out the organs of these innocent Falun Gong practitioners after becoming the largest spiritual movement in China, reducing millions, multi-millions of, of, of dollars in healthcare costs, healing illnesses, ailments, and injuries, vanishing, just all gone. This became the life force of China where one out of every 12 Chinese national citizens were practicing the spiritual movement. This practice Falun Gong, guys, outnumbered the number of people in the Chinese Communist Registered Membership Database by 30 million people. So no wonder the Chinese Communist Party shat their pants, excuse my language, but got really nervous, got really threatened that that kind of spiritual power of freedom, of independent thoughts, of liberty, of the right to, to consent and you know, following your heart, having the courage, like, like, like William Wallace, like Leonidas, like Cyrus the Great, like all the great generals in history uh, that have stood for something, or great people, or, or kings, or queens, because they, they were, there were these people, these leaders who stood for the people, who did the right thing, that uh, refused to, to, to be a coward before, before uh, the creator, that, that refused to do something uh, in the in, in, betrayal in the name of of justice, the what I've been doing with my colleagues and other people, I have been exposing these uh, this, the CCP from cutting out these people's organs and selling their organs for massive amounts of profits, fueling a multi-billion-dollar business. Wow! So there is a financial motivation. There is, there is the motivation of suppression because from what you're saying, this movement, however, whenever it started, it grew to, I think you said around 10% of the population. So what, 100 million people? Yes. yes. 1990, 1992 it started. It was introduced by uh, Mr. Lee Hong Sir, the founder, the teacher of Falun Gong. Yeah. Wow. Right. That, now, I'd, I'd like to know more about this guy. So how did, I mean, did, what, did he just burst onto the scene with this thing? And, you know, within a decade, he's got 100 million people behind him? Um, he, he uh, Mr. Lee is a very uh, uh, genuine uh, uh, teacher. That he's called a master, like like uh, Bruce Lee, Master Bruce Lee, Master Ip Man. There have been many masters in, in, in Chinese history. I'm sure you've li- listened to the, uh, watched the Karate Kid. So people have come to understand master doesn't mean that you're a slave. No, it means that you are a student of this master to be taught in a righteous and good and wholesome way. And Mr. Lee, was, his title was the most acclaimed Qigong master. Uh, and they, Falun Gong received the highest Qigong awards at the, at the Asian Health Expo. Um, and only, uh, only a year and a half, guys, after Falun Gong was introduced to the public, um, Mr. Lee already received special invitation to attend the 1993 Asian Health Expo as one of the organizing committee members. 
um, the 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 practice grew to become the largest spiritual movement in China. One of the reasons why the Chinese Communist Party at that time, with its president, the evil head of the CCP, Jiang Zemin, banned Falun Gong on July 20th, 1999, eight years after being uh, uh, introduced into China and have uh, received honorable status, like honorary status in the, uh, the Chinese society, the population growing 10% a year, as you just said, uh, Phil, and the overwhelming benefits just were staggering, were shocking. And the Western world wanted to know what this life force was that was helping so many people, that nourishing people back to health spiritually, emotionally, Physically, there were suicide rates were going down. People were living longer. The productivity rates in the factories were going up. Divorce rates were going down. People were becoming much more attuned with uh, with morality, being better people. Very similar to the the most prosperous period of Chinese history, which was the Tang Dynasty, where every student at that point, business was booming, the morals were at an all-time high, and everyone was required, not mandated and forced, but required to sit in meditation, close their eyes, deep breath, and just let go, and surrender to fate, to faith, and to understanding that everything's arranged. This is how the Chinese think, and they go straight to the source. So it was a very prosperous society. So when Falun Gong was introduced by Mr. Lee, it became the largest spiritual movement because of its tremendous health benefits and led to becoming the largest. The Chinese Communist Party at that time hated that. They wanted to suppress it just like they did it with the 1989 Tiananmen Square Massacre where tens of thousands of students had enough of the suppression, had enough of the brutality, had enough of the tyrannical uh, tyranny and forceful uh, uh, control that the CCP had over their lives, had over their bank accounts, had over their private properties, had over their spirits, and they revolted in a peaceful way and got gunned down and slaughtered, as you can see when the Chinese uh, student was standing in front of the tank, very famous. Same with Falun Gong. It became the largest spiritual movement, like I said, um, five times in a row. Uh, And because it's and its ideology was incredible contrast with the CCP's diabolical nature. The history of killing is 100 million people. That's more life taken by the CCP intentionally than two world wars combined. Think about that. Amazingly... Yeah, this is something that sort of, um, I know, like, I remember from my education, we focused a lot on World War Two and World War One and the Nazis... And, um, you know, uh, the Gulag Archipelago came out 50-odd years ago. Uh, there's sort of two generations of people have grown up without having to think about what was the greatest evil of the 20th century, which was communism. It took, you know, it put Hitler to shame with the amount of lives it took, and it's still going today. Absolutely. And and just to be clear, you know, this is not some cult or demonic terrorist group and, and, and Mr. Lee is not some kind of cult leader. He was actually praised by the People's Public Security Daily, the publication under the Chinese Ministry of Public Security. I mean, you live in a China that that's like 
uh, the health czar or, 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 or the president of the United States honoring this spiritual movement, this person. They said, we commend Mr. Lee for his contributions in promoting the traditional crime-fighting virtues of the Chinese people in safeguarding social order and security and promoting rectitude in society. He was given the certificate of honor. No other teacher had that kind of honor. So why did Falun Gong was, why was Falun Gong banned? You may ask. Why? Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> the size of the following, I mean, as I've just shared, made communist leaders very fearful of losing control um, of the people's hearts and minds. Uh, it, its guiding principles of truthfulness, compassion, and, and tolerance appeared incompatible and in stark contrast to the evil communist ideology of, to of totalitarianism, mm -hmm. uh, uh, cannibalism. Uh, 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 victimization, dehumanization, deception, manipulation, and just killing. And in addition, certain communist officials saw that through the practice that they were understanding through the medical investigations on the body, specifically the organs, the metabolic processes, and pregnant women, they could see how the body was improving to, to levels of health they've never seen before. And so they realized they could make a fortune off these people. A fortune of these people that if they put something together like a state-sanctioned, kill-to-order, on-demand, organ-harvesting campaign and spend a billion dollars of propaganda to demonize the spiritual movement 24-7 and poison the Chinese people and lie and deceive the world's people, they could get away with underhandedly conspiring and engaging and launching a new form of evil that has yet to be seen on this planet, that has been done on a large scale, on a small scale, but not this intricate, not this uh, uh, streamlined, not this legalized, and not run by the second, the superpower that owns the second largest military in the world, the second largest economy in the world, the largest population in the world, runs four specialized units of the United Nations, which is unheard of of any other country in the world colludes and controls the World Health Organization with its patsies, Secretary General Tedros, not to mention a CCP puppet, Joe Biden, who has been colluding for many years, and Hunter Biden's just been caught red-handed. I don't know if you saw the latest video on the guy. My goodness, I mean, if he's not guilty, I know what people are smoking or what people are thinking and where their sense of look, direction and discernment is. Guilty as charged. Yeah, the last Hunter video where he's talking about I mean, how much, how many dollars he has while he's smoking yeah, crack naked and with his non-exec non board member's job on 50 grand a month. Absolutely. Some, uh, and, 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 who, uh, so this, kind, this reign of regime that is killing people on a state-sanctioned murder basis, just ripping out their organs while alive in over 2,000 hospitals between 65... 45 and 65,000 Falun Gong petitioners slaughtered to death between 2001 and 2006. And now the estimates, I don't agree with the conservative estimates. I think the estimates, for me, my opinion, are much, much higher, especially when you're fueling and talking about a multi-billion dollar organ harvesting business. But the conservative estimates, based on the investigators, are between 80,000 to 100,000 transplant mergers. Now, there are, for one person, you can get you know, about five or six organs, um, five or six organs, like corneas, lungs, kidneys, hearts, liver, pancreases, corneas at $30,000 a cornea, hearts $130,000 to $160,000. And they're reducing these waiting times from four to eight years 
waiting lists of four to eight years for for lung for for, for uh, uh, lungs and hearts, and two to three years for livers to a matter of weeks. The shortest times being two to three days, and the longest being ten days, where you can get something for five and a half, five hundred thousand dollars. Mitchell, Mitchell, who, who's who's yeah. buying these organs? That's a great question, and I'll share with you in a moment. Uh, let's just see. I've got, I've got. You have rich foreign nationalists from Pakistan, from Saudi Arabia, from Seoul, Korea, from uh, America, from Canada, from Europe, just going. And, and, and calling the doctors, calling the hospitals and saying, yeah, we would like some fresh Falun Gong organs. These are, uh, in the next clip I would love you guys to play, you'll actually hear a live conversation from an investigator posing as a direct of a, of a, of a, need, of a person, a buyer, looking for an organ, particularly the Falun Gong, and the doctor saying, yeah, sure, we have plenty. It's like a grotesque restaurant where you just take a, a lobster out of a, out of a tank, cut him open, and then just take his organs, you know. This is what's going on in China. So if you would like to play the, the second um, uh, clip, it will, it will uh, share what you, were talk- what you would like to know, your question. Is that the second one? Yes. All right, stand by. Hopefully it'll work first time this time. Clip two. Let's try it. By 2000, Falun Gong practitioners were disappearing into labor camps in mass numbers. At the same time, Chinese hospitals began promoting their organ transplant expertise. I'm uh, David Madith, and with me is uh, David Kilgore. We've been asked to investigate allegations that uh, there has been harvesting of organs of Falun Gong in China. Uh, David Kilgore is a former member of parliament and former cabinet minister for Asia Pacific, and I'm a a Winnipeg lawyer uh, doing immigration, refugee, and international human rights law in Winnipeg. And we have uh, now... uh, done uh, our investigation and we're producing this report and i didn't know whether it's true or not and so uh, my task initially was to try to figure out a a way of approaching the issue so that i could either prove it or disprove it and not just walk away and say i don't know the number of executions in china varied widely depending on who was counting but Matus says no matter which number he used the number of executions and the number of organs didn't add up. The transplant volumes increased substantially uh, after the persecution of Falun Gong began. And, I mean, there's a lot of other evidence, but uh, the most likely explanation for the increase is, is the Falun Gong. We pursued every investigative trail we could find. In the report, you will see that there are 18 different avenues of proof and disproof we, we considered and evaluated. Our bottom line conclusion after considering everything as best we could was that the allegations are true. We believe them to be true, that this uh, harvesting is indeed happening. Matus says what made Falun Gong organs especially attractive was the practitioner's healthy lifestyle. They do not drink or smoke. On many of the recordings of phone calls made to more than 100 Chinese hospitals, doctors assure callers that transplant organs are from healthy Falun Gong practitioners. We'll go and pick them out. Oh my god. It's disturbing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely shocking. And 
and, and, and the explosive growth of China's organ transplant industry, I mean, this is 1999. I mean, listen to these, fa- these facts. The number of hospitals performing liver transplantation has increased 20 times. The, the annual liver transplantation quantities have increased 180 to 436 times. And this was only in 2007. Um, the, the average waiting times, and this is what I find quite scary. Uh, you were saying where they, go, they are being sold to. Well, and I'll preface this before I actually share with you uh, uh, one of the main donors, uh, one of the main um, people that are getting these uh, these organs, that they're selling this, all these organs to. The average waiting time is one to two weeks in China. And um, we have, uh, the, the doctors have said, we have, uh, have mentioned, we have, we have seen so many donor organs that you can't be considered young and good ones. Uh, you can select a good and a younger liver to you. We have so many donor organs that you can select young and good ones. For the waiting time for a donor organ, two to three days of sh- at shortest, about 10 days at longest. Uh, it costs about $500,000 and we have many do- uh, donor organs. And um, this, this, is just, this is just insane because who they are selling these organs back to is one 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 of the of the of the main people that they're selling them back to is their own citizens where china has 130 million hepatitis b carriers right china has also 40 to 50% of the world's liver cancer, cancer patients so for the 8 million end stage liver patients the most effective treatment is what gentlemen transplantation so the chinese communist party are cutting on the one hand Organs out of their own citizens, prisoners of conscience, Falun Gong practitioners and others, while alive, while the blood is flowing. These are not dead people. These are not cadavers. These are live people, slightly sedated, so they cannot move, and they, 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 they're, they're, they're emotionless, still breathing, still alive as the blood is flowing, and then the organs are just removed and slaughtered and cut out. And... Um, sell back to the, their own Chinese people and the, the CCP officials particularly who have now got this bioweapon, this COVID-19 virus. And yes, folks, it is a bioweapon. It has been released from the, unintentionally from the Wuhan lab, killing millions of Chinese people already. It, they've been burying the bodies in, uh, in China. This is nothing new. All this has been coming out. It's an unrestricted bioweapon. So are the vaccines. This is a biopattern genocide, the likes we've never seen before, and it's, and it's, and it's commenced. So um, uh, all from the CCP, even the technology is, uplo- is downloaded into these, uh, into these vaccines. But that's beside the point. That's the intel that we've been getting. I've been on the front lines for a long time. Hell, I don't, I don't sit on any boards. I'm not for the trolls out there. I'm not, a, I'm not a Mossad agent. I'm not a CIA operative. I know some of these guys. I've, I've, I've been on a, they invited me once to a child trafficking raid in Vietnam. Uh, two mercenaries who saw me on Alex Jones, and I went, and we rescued some kids, and it was phenomenal, and I'll never forget it. But I, I'm not part of any service. I'm a man on a mission. I'm an investigative journalist. I'm a Jewish guy, simple guy. Hardly graduate freaking college or even high school, but I had a heart like William Wallace, like Cyrus the Great, like uh, Leonidas, uh, who stood at Thermopylae for 300 Trojans and they said, you know, and said, if you bring this, the, the conquered kings' heads to my city steps and you insult my queen and you threaten my people with slavery and death, you better choose your words, CCP. You better choose your words, Red Dragon. You want to kill me? You want to come after me? When I was on Steve Bannon, 
almost giving the names because he pressed me for the names of the American politicians who are involved in this in this diabolical murder, getting rich off the institutionalized slavery system. They were sold down the line by Bill Clinton in 1996 and the NAFTA agreements and how they've hijacked and stolen the election and all this is coming out by Mike Lindell and, and Patrick Byrne and, 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 and other people. I'm close to these guys. I respect these guys. And you're trying to shut us down. Well, you know what? History has been written by those who have hung heroes. But us heroes, and I don't call myself a hero. I just do what I need to do, guys. I do the right thing. I'm not the best man there is. I'm not the most uh, uh, smartest one in the tool shed. And I'm not, um, I don't claim to know much. But I know a truth. And I know what is right and what is wrong. And to fail to support the good and to fail to expose the evil is goddamn unacceptable. And we do not tolerate uh, 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 rude behavior. So this is the mission I took for no money, no fame, no fortune, no deception, no smoke and mirrors, no CIA uh, uh, Mossad crap. I'm Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, an investigative journalist, on the show to expose evil. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm glad, guys, for, th- for having me on. So a pleasure. That was quite a rant. We can tell how passionate you are about this. And, well, it's no wonder after how many, 17 years, did you say you've been? 21. 21 years you've been investigating this. Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel like you are banging your head against the wall? Many times, especially now, when people refuse to even listen, refuse to even have a conversation a human conversation because this is not about left or right. Yeah, people, some of the people who listen to my politics, they don't appreciate it. And I'm not attacking them. I'm just sharing the truth. I, I, I'm a political atheist. I don't genuflect to any political group. But what I see is truth. I'm an investigative journalist. So I, I put two and two together. I connect the dots. Um, I uh, sift through all the, the data of right. facts and non-facts and, you know, reports. And I, and then I put the, the, the picture together like a puzzle, you know, puzzle with all the facts and all the reports. And I'm actually compiling an entire, I've got about 11 pages report right now on all the, the evidence of the unrestricted bioweapon that was released by the Wuhan lab uh, that is connected to the genocide in China. And um, that would be something, uh, something that I would like to, going into a bit more detail is is the hard evidence of, of the organ harvesting yes. what are what are some of the best examples of, of evidence we have if you if i can direct your your uh, your uh, your viewers and your listeners to end transplant abuse Dot org end transplant abuse.org and at end transplant abuse.org you will find the reports by David Kilgore and David Mattis the gentleman that you actually saw a couple of times on the clips they are the main investigators they confirm the allegations of forced live organ harvesting state sanctioned kill to order on demand okay legally sanctioned uh, in, in 2006 with 18 pieces of hard-hitting evidence confirming the short waiting times, the surging business, the transplant tourism, transplant on demand, and a state crime from top-down policy. And their reports, uh, if people choose to read it, are phenomenal. Um, and it's their book is called Bloody Harvest. There is an excerpt of it on the website, endtransplantabuse.org, as well as uh, Ethan Gutman's report on the slaughter 
who they hear tenure investigative reports, particularly on the Uyghur Muslims, that how they have also been slaughtered and ethnically cleansed. So the evidence is is, is, is shocking. Not to mention uh, uh, Phil and and Ben, for example, the strong teams of liver and kidney transplant physicians show actual enormous transplant volumes. So the World Organization to Investigate the Persecution of, uh, of Falun Gong, their website is upholdjustice.org. I think that's quite telling. Upholdjustice.org. Uh, they published the organ transplant physician list of the hospital. There were up to 31 liver and kidney transplant experts who can constitute several transplant teams. The list of responsible persons, their date of birth, the place of birth, their home address, their personal profile, and engaged in what? This is, first of all, for example, the director of urological surgery program, the chief physician, professor of the Chinese Medical Association. Okay? We have another. Let me, let me bear, bear with me for one second where I can find it. We have at least 17 television, telephone investigations one that you actually saw live on the, on the documentary, the award-winning documentary, Hard to Believe, um, and you can download that at Hard or watch it, actually, hardtobelievemovie.com. You actually heard one of the investigators talk, talking to the doctor, a live conversation published in the report uh, involving at least 12 hospitals. Is what, 2009, 2000 now? And the individuals investigated are all presidents, or directors of top-level organ transplant hospitals in China. Many are responsible for state-level projects in the field of organ transplantation, as well as national and provincial-level technical experts. Um, so these hospital presidents and directors are all heavyweight figures in key hospitals, which are suspected to have been participating in the live organ harvesting of Falun Gong. And this has been going on since at least 1995 when Dr. N. Vatotti, the surgeon that you saw as the bus driver that you mentioned, Phil, mm. forced, was forcefully uh, 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 forced by the Chinese Communist Party to commit a forced organ harvesting. His testimony, I bring him on the big shows. I was on Steve Bannon the other day and Stu Peters and Alex Jones. And I bring him on these shows to share his testimony because people can't believe that this is going on. Yeah, it's a kidney in the bathtub story. Yeah, this has all been going on before. Sure. And it's going on in America as well, but not on a state-sanctioned level like China. Right. They're becoming, yep. they've used the, the model of the CCP to... Uh, exported to the West, just like China, the communist specter from the Chinese Communist Party has been infiltrated into the United States and is now ruling our world as the communist specter. Um, but the University of Pittsburgh was just found recently harvesting live black baby body parts funded by the NIH and Fauci. The U.S. Supreme Court um, put into law uh, uh, the case Roe v. Wade who, that allowed an influx of abortions, okay, of particularly the black communities, as confirmed with the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood yeah. um, uh, establishments, these abortion mills that have killed since 1973 at least 19 million black babies on purpose and intentionally. And blackgenocide.org can, can share into that. You also got uh, ISIS that have committed these atrocities of forced organ harvesting. But none other, no other regime on the face of the earth has killed more life than two world wars combined, and where all the others have also learned from to do this kind of 
diabolical murder. Um, so yeah, it's 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 spread far and wide. But the source of this, the breeding ground, just like the bioweapon agent that was created in the Wuhan lab, is in China, controlled by the CCP. I think even here we had there was quite a big story in the nineties about uh, organs going missing from from dead children, uh, older hay in, uh, in older hay children's hospital. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, yeah, because there's so much money behind it. Um, going back to the CCP, I mean, are they? They made Falun Gong illegal, essentially. They outlawed it at the turn of the the twenty first century. So, do they have a legal basis for doing this to these people? Do this, is that part of the the rationale? And also, the surgeons who are doing this—I mean, are they being threatened to do this? Are they being paid off to do this? Huge amount of money turning their doctors into murderers. Invertotti was forced on an execution ground, so he said very bluntly and very uh, eloquently, "The Communist Party are bringing now that the surgery is surgery." Um, it's good to save life, and and as I think the third or the fourth clip uh, with uh, with uh, the, the, the human rights uh, uh, council of the United Nations, Hamib, uh, ha- uh, Hamib Sabib, uh, he is an Iraqi human uh, Iranian human rights lawyer as well. He was speaking about this. Surgery and transplantation surgery is a triumph. It's a medical triumph. It's very important to save life and to and to create uh, uh, organ donation programs. But forced donation, forced organ uh, transplantation, is evil. It's diabolical. Just ripping in, uh, people, are, you know, uh, their organs are while alive. So the reason why Falun Gong became so attractive is because of the medical. Uh, benefits. I mean, the health benefits. I mean, they skyrocketed, and the Chinese Communist Party saw this and put two and two together. And to understand, uh, you know, guys, how organ harvesting um, has occurred in China, it's imperative and crucial to understand how far that there's no limit to how far the, the Chinese Communist Party will go to wipe out something or someone. So when the persecution of the Falun Gong started in July 20th, 1999, it was forbidden in China. All the books, all the people who were practicing, all the practice sites where people were doing the exercises were banned. If you, just like Nazi Germany, just like what happened to the Jews in Nazi Germany, it was completely forbidden to be Jewish in Nazi Germany and in any in, in, in the occupied Nazi uh, uh, province or country. It was forbidden. They were marched off and they were gassed and they were killed. Same with the Falun Gong. The Chinese regime considered the Falun Gong movement the biggest threat to national security since the Tiananmen Square massacre uh, 10 years previous. Right. So um, Zhang Zemin, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, when the persecution began, he was very hateful that he couldn't control the hearts and the minds of tens of millions of people. Um, so the key to carrying out this persecution um, has to has has been to instill hatred in the Chinese Communist Party, poison their minds by nonstop twenty four seven documentaries and and propaganda on yeah. the state-run media, demonizing Falun Gong. The Chinese Communist Party even went so far as in two thousand one made five people. Even a 12-year-old girl and her mother set themselves on fire in Tiananmen Square and put all the CCTV uh, television news stations to broadcast this to the Chinese people and the world and saying, this is what Falun Gong does. Can't you see? It's a cult. It's an evil, sinister terrorist group. Don't believe in it. Let's uh, re-educate them. 
anyone who practices Falun make sure you rat them out, you point them out, and lead them, and we'll and we'll we'll help you. We'll help them get back to normal society. Meanwhile, taking all of them, deceiving the general public, to death camps and cutting their organs out while alive and selling them as the most healthiest organs in the world to make a multi-billion dollar business. Now you tell me, folks, is this something crazy or is this something like out of a freaking horror film? But I've been living it for 20 years. I'm not a, I'm not a, like I told you, I'm a Jewish international investigative journalist. I love Falun Gong. I've been practicing it for many years because it just gives me incredible peace mind, a peaceful mind and a, and a, and a, and a good heart. And, a, and, and I enjoy, I really enjoy the qualities, very attractive to me. Um, so yeah, I practice Falun Gong. I'm a Jewish, I'm of the Jewish faith that I'm an investigative journalist. And so what? I don't care. I, I have, you bleed the same blood. I breathe the same air. You've got a heart in your chest. I got a heart that beats in the chest. I got family members who've got livers and kidneys. I wouldn't like this done to them. So something inside me, gentlemen, and ladies and gentlemen, ignited in me that made me, okay, guys, I know I I love these beautiful women and the lovely money and the investments. And you know what? My family were like, yeah, he's successful. He's he's been the president of this and the president of that and the leader of this. And they were like shocked. What the hell is going on with this guy? He's giving all this up. He's becoming like a semi-monk. He's becoming a social justice warrior. Well, a social, uh, a, a social. He was in um, not social justice in in, in social work. You can call it. Uh, you know, they went crazy. I'm like, guys, I have to do what I have to do. Money will always be there. Success will always be there. But significance is something that really allows your heart to 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 follow. Is courage, it's fortitude, it's temperance, it's tenacity, it's an arduous, lonely crusade, but it's full of valor and honor. Not to leave a name, not to leave, not to ask for a reward, but to do something before you leave this earth that is worthy of respect. And you know what? I did it. I've done it. I'm doing it. And that's why I'm grateful to you, brothers. Grateful to you, gentlemen. Grateful to you, Phil and Ben, for allowing me to share this with you and your audience, whoever is listening, at 3 o'clock in the freaking morning. I'm about to fall over because I'm a little I'm pretty tired. No, I'm just joking. I'm pretty tired. But lately, I haven't been getting any sleep. I mean, uh, but I'm grateful to come on. Thank you. I've been talking a lot. Just cut me off if I'm uh, rambling. No, that's fine. Oh, you, it's admirable that you've found, you know, it sounds to me that you were lacking meaning in your youth and then you found you know as victor van frankel's book man's search for meaning you found something greater than yourself that you want to pursue and you're going to pursue it like a dog with a bone wow yeah i mean i've been always into i was collecting easter eggs and blanket squares for the homeless i was in the johannesburg city mini, mini city council as the as the head uh, uh um because you call head uh, school prefect or whatever you want to call it when I was young. So I've always been involved in charity and I, I love giving and I love sharing. I've, I've rescued children uh, on a child trafficking ring and that was very profound. Um, and I've, you know, I, I blah, blah, blah. I, listen, that's got nothing to do with me. It's just, I think any human being that has the tenacity to volunteer, and I'm sure a lot of people do, uh, do much more than me. I've just tried to do what I could do, and that's it, you know. And and, and live my life. And um, what what yeah, can what can we do as individuals, Mitchell? How can individuals who are listening? How can they help get involved? Well, let's, you want to first watch the next clip, maybe. Oh maybe yeah, you guys can if it'll help. That would be great. Yeah, discernment and, and Dis- learning about this discernment. That's a word that keeps coming up on this podcast. Oh. 
Uh, what are we on? Clip three? Let's do clip three. Let's do it. There are no human rights in China. And the most outrageous example of no human rights in China is killing a peaceful community of Falun Gong practitioners and... Uh, and Uyghurs, who are Muslims, and Tibetan Buddhists, and Christians, house Christians, for their organs, kidneys, livers, and so on, and then selling the organs to wealthy Chinese or foreigners, and the people are killed in the process. The belief that I have, and I share with David Kilgore, that organ harvesting is widespread in China, and it is restricted almost exclusively to Falun Gong practitioners. The Falun Gong after the Chinese regime of today, what the Jews were to the Nazis during the war. And we should all take note of this and look at China with new eyes. There's no evidence that Falun Gong is a cult of any sort. There's no evidence um, of, of political action to try and bring down the Chinese government. Um, there's no evidence of anything other than a, a deep desire to be left alone to practice um, their spiritual beliefs in peace and to not be locked up and murdered. David and I have met Falun Gong practitioners in probably 50 countries. Or even more, maybe. Okay. All walks of life, all uh, ages, all backgrounds, all education, I've found to be a wonderful group of people. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I mean, uh, Falun Gong, uh, uh, first of all, it's not even an organization because it's a set of exercises with a spiritual foundation. Yeah. Everything's on the Internet. You don't pay anything. You don't sign up to anything. You can start whenever you want. You can stop whenever you want. You don't even have to tell anybody you're doing it. And their principles are, are, are very uh, simple and ethical. And, and, I mean, all of that is true. Yeah, that, uh, <coughs> that seems to have highlighted for me what the problem is, in that it, it got too big for the Chinese yep. Communist Party, and when you're in charge of a totalitarian, totalitarian state like that, it comes with a certain level of paranoia, and you know that if the revolution does come, it'll be you on the gallows if you were in charge of uh, these horrible abuses. So it's, it's, oh, it's like an evil self-preservation motivation as well. Absolutely. And just to add to the evidence that this is going on more than ever before, to a group of people, like you said, there's, it's freedom. You know, under a communist state, you have no freedoms. That's why, luckily, the freedoms have been taken away. I mean, with the digital passports, the vaccine passports yeah. are, that are described, disguised as CCP uh, uh, social credit scores to track your every moves. Um, people are rising up. And the, the Americans need to really tap into the Second Amendment that the founding fathers to protect them from this communist specter that is now being infiltrated in more than more ways than ever um, uh, to their freedoms and the world's people in France and London, the anti-lockdown protests in Canada. I mean, people need to rise up, and they have to overthrow these evil, tyrannical demonic forces and i'm not talking about violence i'm not advocating any violence here i'm just saying that people have the right to stand and protect in defense of their freedoms and liberties being forced down before being forced being taken away and forced upon them a a a vaccine whether it's effective or not or a jab whether it's effective or not that's not the that's not the issue it's to be demonized because you know the facts about the ccp technology that has been used 
to 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 harm a lot of innocent people where a lot of people are dying you know being harmed by these kill by by these jabs okay and i just call them jabs because that's good for youtube not, yeah. not, magic not I, I prefer magic juice you, you prefer i prefer magic juice Magic juice, yes, yeah. magic juice. Because uh, you don't want to get banned, yes. See, I'm banned already, so it's just, you know, I, I, I go, I just go for, I just go for broke, you know what I mean? I just go right, raw, rugged, raw, I don't care. But now, if I am broadcasting on these, these platforms, um, you've got to be careful, gentlemen, what you say. You have yeah. to mind the T's and the Q's, you know, you have to mind the, the English tongue. That's a terrible accent. Otherwise, the powers of B will uh That's in your terminate. South African accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to be awful careful. Yeah. Oh God. Um. Anyway, yes. Um. The jabity do the jab jab jabity. Um. Anyway, Mitchell, what Mitchell, saying, about freedoms. Yes. Yes. We we take them for granted, don't we? And it's only it's when great. they're taken away that you miss them. And this is we're on a slippery slope here with wow. health passes that very you can kidding, see man. very easily rolling into the same sort of social credit system that's in operation by the CCP. And people just don't want to hear it. And they'll just go along with it for an easy life. And you have to decide where your line is. Where are you going to draw, draw the line? I just want to get back to normal, film, Ben. I just want to get mm-hmm. back to normal, so I'll take it. But do you know what's in it? No, I don't, and I don't care. I just want to take it so I can go back to normal, so I can go out and have a coffee, so I can go to a club and a bar, pick up a beautiful woman. I want to go around and just enjoy my life, okay? So I'll just take it. I don't care what's in it. it it's, 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 they supposedly say that it's helping you, and I'm, I'm doing my duty of protecting myself against those anti-vaxxers. Oh, my God, those people are crazy. Let's just put them in kulags and internment camps and then <laughs> get them all fucking back. Excuse my language, but Jesus, fellas, we're living welcome to the matrix welcome to the twilight zone you know um i don't think we're in kansas anymore uh dorothy if you know what i mean you know uh, even the even the oompa loompas in the chocolate factories are fleeing for their lives you know flee for your life i'm just saying you know all jokes aside you know gentlemen ladies and gentlemen i just want to put i'm what I'm doing here is I'm trying to put the fun back in dysfunctional. You know what I mean? Fun back in dysfunctional because if you don't and you don't have a sense of humor, then you know what? This is going to play the, your, 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 your mind and worry your soul. And what's done is done. And yeah. we just have to deal with it. But again, back to the organ harvesting. Yeah, it's, it's crazy um, what's happening. And people don't realize it until it happens to them. You know, people don't want to care about what happens to other people until it happens to them. So that's the reason why no one, a lot of mainstream media and people on talk shows and podcasts, they talk a great game of golf about human rights and blah, 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 but they don't want to have me on, no, sir, because they see me on Alex Jones and they think I'm a conspiracy nut. Or they see me on other places and they think I'm crazy. I'm like, guys, it's a human spirit. Just have me on. I don't care whether you're left or right or green or silver. Yeah, I disagree with you, but this is the human this is the human body we're talking about. This is, imagine it was your family being ripped apart and killed and slaughtered and their organs being trafficked and sold for, for millions of dollars and you never hear from them again. Wouldn't you want people to talk about it or news to speak of it? But they don't because the CCP has infiltrated into the multinational corporations. There's been a, a $2 million based leak of spies. Yeah, all over, yeah, educational institutions, government agencies. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So this is part of the tactics that are used to prevent this stuff being disseminated more widely. 
exactly. And the uh, and, and the legacy media being bribed a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a month. You know what I mean? I mean peddling communist propaganda and, and CCP uh, uh, garbage lies. I mean, these people have sold their souls, and I'm quite interested to know what did the CCP offer you to sell your soul? Because what profits the man that that gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? What do they get? What what made you sell out, ladies or or, or, or Jen? What made you sell out? What made you betray your conscience and the lives of others and put people in harm's way by aligning with a with a red, with a mass murdering regime that is harvesting alive their own citizens? The problem is, Mitchell, then, corporations don't have souls or consciences, and that's why Hollywood, sports, they're all yeah. captured. We've seen it with Nike. We've seen it with uh, that Star Wars movie where they shrunk down Finn, the black guy, because the Chinese Communist Party said, whoa, whoa, we can't have him that big on the poster. You'll have to shrink him for when you're selling your movie over here. You know, this all comes back to the dollar. Yep. A trade assassin once told me, Mitch, uh, 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 extinction, human extinction, before a loss of profit, brother. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, you know, Extin- human extinction before a loss of profit. You know, well, Mitchell- oh, the Falun Gong. Oh yeah, the Falun Gong. Well, I mean, you know, uh, we gotta make money. We gotta make money. You know, I, I, I couldn't really care less about the, the, the human rights in China. I gotta make money with the Communist Party. That's where my product is. That's where my factories are. If I talk about the Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party in any bad way or mention the Falun Gong. I'll mention them in my board meetings to, to some of my shareholders. Yeah, we'll keep it quiet. But if I share anything else, my contract's going to be cancelled, and I don't want to cancel my contract with $100 million. So, yeah, I, as much as I like the Falun Gong, I know that's going on. I can't do anything about it. It's not my spiel. I'm going to lose my contract. I'm more in the business to help human rights. I'm in the business to make money. This is the mindset of most of these people, including some of the professors. When I was at university, they still talk to me like, "Yeah, I love to help you, Mitch, but I can't be part. I can't sign on, on your on, uh, sign off on your human rights group. Why not, professor? Because I got a little bit of political uh, uh, colleagues who wouldn't like that, and I would get into trouble with them and my funding and the 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 the, 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 the grants. You know, got to be mm-hmm. careful. So at that point, every time I walked by her, she wouldn't even look at me. She had, she, she was, it was almost like a, a feeling of embarrassment or shame. And I oh. should be ashamed. Yeah. Um, we're rocking up on time and I'm conscious that, you know, you need to get to sleep and uh, we don't want to keep you any longer than we have to. But you mentioned no, about what people can do. What can people do? Would you like to play the last clip? It's about, about a minute or 30, just to share that this is really, just to hit home that this is going on. Yeah. Stand by. Clip four. Mr. Vice President, the Durban Declaration affirms the urgent need to prevent, combat, and eliminate all forms of trafficking in persons, including organ trafficking. China Tribunal, a People's Tribunal chaired by Sir Jeffrey Nice, considered all available evidence and concluded that forced organ harvesting from prisoners of conscience, including the religious and ethnic minorities of Falun Gong and Uyghurs, had been committed for years throughout China on a significant scale and that it continues today. This involves hundreds of thousands of victims. 
Acting on independent legal advice, the tribunal concluded that commission of crimes against humanity, against Falun Gong and Uyghurs, had been proved beyond reasonable doubt, victim for victim, and death for death, cutting out the hearts and other organs from living, blameless, harmless, peaceable people, constitutes one of the worst mass atrocities of this century. Organ transplantation to save life is a scientific and social triumph, but killing the donor is criminal. Government and international bodies must do their duty not only in regard to the possible charge of genocide, but also in regard to crimes against humanity, which the tribunal does not consider to be less heinous. It is the legal obligation of UN member states and the duty of this council to address this criminal conduct. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. You asked me, you asked me, uh, Phil, what we can do. I think people can learn the exercises of Falun Gong. I think they'll love it. It's, it's, Falun Gong or Falun Duff is the same practice. The yeah. feeling it gives me when I practice is a sense of peace, an unleashing of this stressed, congested energy that is anxiousness or um, built up tension and, and stress, and it just gets released. So people can take a look at the the the. the of more in depth of what Falun Gong is, this beautiful movement that has been so slaughtered and persecuted and demonized in China, um, at faluninfo.net, faluninfo.net, F-A-L-U-N-I-N-F-O.net. For the reports, people can go sign a petition. And I know people ask, well, what the hell is this petition going to sign? We need a we need to snap with this guy. We need to go to war with China, but that will be a nuclear holocaust. Um, this, as Shakespeare once said, my lords, the pen is all more mightier than the sword. That's true, yeah. You know, <laughs> the pen, writing a check, writing a, a mortgage statement, writing a, a seed to your Bitcoin account, which you never give up, right, is like signing a petition. It's very important. It's very imperative because it gives you a, a sense of justice, of signing your name, to a cause that is rightfully uh, 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 good to uh, support because as a human being, what is more better than supporting and helping other people and standing by other people, regardless if it's got to do with your tribe, your family, your friends, it's doing something good and noble. And that Mm. gives us a good feeling of significance and achieving something of altruism in this world. And that's very, very important. And that's a, that's a great virtuous deed, as, even if it's as simple as a, as, a, uh, as a pen, as it's mightier than the sword, a signature. And you can go to endtransplantabuse.org, watch the documentary Hard to Believe uh, on uh, YouTube, or you can watch the other documentaries Hard to Believe movie.com by soup films um those who are avid readers who love to read and want to and are really curious about the the dealings behind the red wall of communist china there's a great publication from the epoch times out of new york city an explosive editorial series that is now becoming a heavyweight mainstream legacy well not legacy but mainstream media uh um platform that is like blowing Blowing the uh, blowing the me- legacy media out of the out of the water. That's why I hate the, the, the Epoch Times so much. Actually, as well, it's tied to Falun Gong because the practice, because the Epoch Times was created by Falun Gong petitioners initially was to it? counter. 
Yes. Right. To counter that. Yes, absolutely. The founding, the founding members was actually a Chinese newspaper, the largest Chinese newspaper in, uh, in the Western world, uh, exposing the Chinese Communist Party uh, after th- uh, this diabolical uh, persecution occurred, where they fled because a lot of their friends were killed, their, 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 their families, their colleagues were sent to labor camps, 18 years, 19 years, yeah. harvested alive, dead. I mean, unbelievable, the horrors. Uh, if you just read the testimonies, it's insane. Um, so they created it, and then to count, just to counter the, persecu- the persecution, because the absolute deluge of propaganda, I mean, one quarter of China's gross domestic profits by the CCP and its secret police and its military and its hospitalization declared war on Falun Gong. So to counter it that peacefully with news agencies and media outlets is courageous. Not going to war with anybody, not causing harm, that's the courageousness of the Falun Gong. So they created the Epoch Times, and now it's become the largest uh, newspaper in America, in in New York, and is growing ever since. So um, there's a a really good documentary you can watch, you can listen to, or you can read called The Communist Spectre is Ruling Our World. The Communist Spectre is Ruling Our World. Great publication. And, uh, yeah, guys, don't worry about contacting me if you – what I, what I love to ask uh, Phil and Ben is if you have anybody, in, uh, any friends that do podcasts with you as well in the industry, I'd love to uh, get on their shows. If you can email me or pass on my, my information. Yep. Uh, soon as we've uh, soon as we've finished, I'll just quickly go through that with you uh, as soon as Wonderful. we're done here. But yeah. Um, also, all your links that you've mentioned, all, all those will be in the show notes. Uh, and just scroll down to the description eavesdroppers and you can find all these links that Mitchell has has, uh, suggested. And also, I would say, right, if you're in the UK, write to your MP. Why not? What have you got to lose? Send a quick email. I'll put a link in the show notes for the website where you can find your Member of Parliament and his email address. Fire him an an email. What, what, you know, what's it going to take you? One minute? Do it for your conscience, conscience, if anything else. 100 percent 100 percent so imperative it's been amazing talking to you mitchell it's been great and um you too. any final words or uh thoughts or um directions for people listening you know what i'll quote from gladiator one of my favorite movies in the world maximus decimus meridius Three, when he was he was on the the battlefield with all his men, uh, with his with his with his foot foot foot, foot soldiers, well, his uh, his cavalry, he said, three weeks from now, whether it be a month from now, three weeks from now, whatever, I'll be harvesting my crops. Imagine where you will be and it will be. Hold the line, stay with me. If you find yourself alone, with green pa- in green pastures, with the sun on your face, don't be troubled because you are an Elysium and you're already dead. Yes. <laughs> Meaning, have no fear, right? Brothers, ladies and gentlemen, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What you are remembered for, not by how much money you have or how many good cars you've got or how many you know of your good looks. It's what you've done in this world, what you stood by in this world, and what solid destiny you chose to stand on and represent you know yeah so i'm just grateful to be on your show guys it's been an honor it's a historic privilege and you you should pat yourselves on the back because what you have allowed me to do to share this with even one of your your, your viewers even one of your your listeners is 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 a blessing it's an honor and i really take my hat off to you phil and ben um and you never you know what they say about the quiet ones they're the <laughs> deadly ones 
You watch out for the quiet ones. Absolutely. They're the, they're the true leaders. They're the ones that you need by your side for counsel because they're the ones that get you through the times of do or die situations. So God bless you, Ben. Thank you for listening, man. I really respect you and you, Phil. And I'm grateful that I I didn't cancel today because I was really tired, but I'm glad I got on. But thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And it's been an, best you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yep. Stay on the line for us one minute while we play ourselves out. Don't forget to check out the links in the description. All the information is there, and uh, we'll catch you a lot on the flip side for part two. Cheers, Mitchell. See you in a minute, Mitchell. Yes. Yes, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Who's who's not here? The dwarf. Bollocks. Hang on. How am I going to do this? I don't know if I can do this. Hang on. The cripple and the mother of madness. Oh! <laughs> Nailed it. Blind. Producing. Yeah. That was our chat with Mitchell Gerbel. Gerbel. It's live. We're doing it live. That was our chat with Mitchell Gerber from stoporganharvesting.org. Is that right? I've taken yep. it off the screen now, so I can't. I org. can't. I can't. Org. Yeah. Dot org. The links are in the fucking show notes. Check yeah. them out. Yeah, that was intense. It was a bit. Yeah. I'd have a little breather. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was uh, a heavy subject. So we're going to have to do some light stuff, you know. Yeah, have you got any Farage uh, sound bites we can kind of level it, balance it out with? Always. (laughs) Always. But you might have to wait. (laughs) Tantalising. You know, I'm not a performing monkey. (laughs) You know. Um, what should we do? Should we do some uh, housekeeping Let's for a do change? Housekeeping first. We'd never do that first. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's tons of ways of doing this. What's your favourite Amish, Ben? I think it's buying like a, an ill-fitting T-shirt because we've sold out of the size you want because we sell so many on a weekly basis. <laughs> really? <laughs> News to me. That, well, you know, that would be my favourite if it was a, a thing. So buy some merchandise. Yeah, go to the Amish loot chest. Uh, link in the show notes and get yourself, you know, your, your current grape T-shirts. You're literally a communist hoodie. Apt. For this show. Yeah. Uh, and your new logo, the new logo on the t-shirt, mug, a hoodie of your choice. Uh, courtesy of Amy the Artist, producer Amy, for tarting that up for us and making it acceptable for a print. Absolutely. It was a bit grainy, I think, initially. Yeah, apparently Microsoft Paint is not a suitable software. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> it's not a suitable software for uh, graphic design. No, 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 that's that's wrong. No, so it, you can polish a turd. Amy demonstrated that you can polish a turd, and she shined up that turd big time. Yeah, and not now, without getting your hands dirty. That's oh, we're going to slap it on a plastic lunchbox, and now we're going to sell it. We're going to sell it. God, do you remember plastic lunchboxes with the with the um, flasks that went inside? Yeah. They don't do them anymore. I wonder if they were made of some like radioactive plastic that's been banned in all, <laughs> all known countries. 
Oh my god, lunch boxes have moved on so far from when they're we like were kids. Bags and stuff now, and oh, they're compartmentalized. Like a bento box. There's like three compartments in the lid section, and then there's a you know a thing that comes out, a separation, a divider, a with hot, a water, yeah. a water holder, a repeat use plastic fork. Yeah, lose after the first go. Probably. I don't know. Presumably dishwasher yeah. friendly. But does it have a picture of the Transformers on it? Well, this is where, you know, you know, my nine-year-old has a duvet set, a Transformers duvet set nice. from 1986. Very good. I've got a He-Man Masters of the Universe bean bag Ooh. from a similar era. Beans not present. <laughs> have you uh, seen the new Masters of the Universe? I've I've heard of it on the on the grapevine. Is it good or bad? It's been slated, hasn't it? Ah. It's the uh, it's the Teela show. Yeah, He Man dies in the first episode, and then Teela takes over because you know social justice, man. All right. Too much of that toxic masculinity. Well, I was going to say, what about the cat? Is the cat still in it? Snarf. That's Thundercat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean Battle, Battle cat. cat? Yeah. Uh, I presume so. Yeah. It's Fisto still in it. <laughs> Man at arms. Fisto. What can I do for you, He-Man? Oh, Adam. Oh, Adam, just bend over while I fist you. <laughs> and that's allowed, right? Yeah, of course it is. Um, cool. Send us an email at thearmistinquisition at gmail.com. Yeah, um, drop us a line on the social media platform of your choice. Yeah, sign up to the Discord. We had a couple more people come in this week. Yeah, leave us comments. Sorry, I overspoke. It's all right. Leave us comments on... (laughs) If you want to, you know, drop your eavesdropping ways and become a producer, the easiest way to do that is to join the Discord where you can send us intel, news stories, video clips, uh, all the rest of it, and contribute because this is a crowd produced podcast yeah we've we, each got handles now on discord as well so you can single us out for abuse if uh, if you so desire and uh, matt had his request granted for a fish husbandry thread that's been hot shit this week <laughs> as well i've been away for a couple of weeks and it, all hell is broken loose yes yeah get in the fish husbandry thread on the discord you won't regret it does it tell you why they kind of Go upside down and bloaty. Swim bladder. Boom. Yeah. Smashed it. Swim bladder. I, I had, uh, I had uh, a chocolate aranda called uh, Spooky who had <laughs> swim bladder issues and, yeah, just float to the top. Is that and one of them with the massive eyes? That's um, a different kind of aranda. I want to say that's a chocolate aranda, is it? What did I say? You said, you said a chocolate around it. Oh, right. Then maybe that is what it is. Yeah, in the eyes, they go white and monkey. Right. Yeah. Sounds delightful. Yeah, my first pet. Spooky. I, I spooky. For a first pet. Did you felch it? No. Why no. not? It was quite, quite a big hamster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lube is your friend. Memes for Instagram. We yes. can do with. We haven't had any memes, decent memes for a while. No, and again, you can link back and send them on the uh, Discord memes channel. Yeah. Uh, if you're on YouTube, well, you're not listening. YouTube guys, YouTube uh, listeners have already gone because this is too uh, spicy 
you can't talk about felching and stuff on YouTube. Uh, but sign up for the Odyssey channel if you are listening on the Spotify. And you'll get the full-length video if you want to see how the sausage is made. Full hit. Yeah. Then no you've got to... additional cost. No paywalls. Nope. I'm not making any extra content for you, even if you want to uh, pay me for it. That sounds a bit OnlyFans, but... <laughs> that's it that's the philosophy it's value for value we don't charge anything but the podcast isn't free it costs money so we do appreciate monetary support uh you can find the paypal button at the if you want to support us monetarily or by buying merch and that way you get something as well as we do yep uh to help the the running costs and you know if the support gets enough you're going to see improvements in the production quality of the show because We'll have, you know, I'll, I'm fortunate in that I, my employment, well, my self-employment means I could have a day off where I, instead of going to work, I spend eight hours on the podcast for the following week, for example. You know? Yeah. It's a dream that won't, might not come true, but, you know, if we get enough support. I think the most important thing when it comes to donations is we can broaden the uh the listener base mm-hmm. and get the message of our guests cast further yeah i guess that's why they call it podcasts yeah you know a podcast is a you know a, a pod a shell that is cast by midgets <laughs> far and wide far and wide and yeah you know, get that conversation going as well because there'll, there'll be people who believe it or not there'll be people who don't listen to this podcast really yet um who might be interested in our uh our esoteric guests or our archaeologists talking about the matrix finds in the matrix yeah uh, recommendations if you know someone who's a podcast listener um send them a link say so, um have a listen to this word of mouth is uh useful wow. in that way but yeah, uh, the best way to become a producer is just toss a fucking coin, innit? Toss a coin to your witcher. Do it for the lads. The lads. 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 You know, because oh, we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. <laughs> you know. You can't do it about the weather, but you can cheer us up by uh, sending us a little PayPal donation. Um, you know, because let's face it. You you are yeah. extremely cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we were so cool. Yeah. Okay, should we thank the producers for episode one nine five? I think we better hide, otherwise they'll stop sending money. It's time to big up the man Dems, yo. Okay, producers, we have Lee from the Big Conspire, Helen from Berkshire, Big Spuds, Robbie Roberts. What? Bark- Berkshire. Oh, sorry, Helen from Berkshire. <laughs> Lee from the Big Conspire, Helen yes. from Berkshire, Big Spuds, Robbie Robertson, Online Chemistry Tutor, Rona Kesson, and Nome Nosnor. I love that. Literally. Literally. The best mate. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love. Yeah, thanks for your support for another week. It's a miracle. <laughs> the dwarf, the carrots, the grape, the cunt, the communist, the homophobe, the misogynist, the cripple, and the mother of. What a dickhead! From hell. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's you guys like keep us going every week and give it you know, keep us motivated to keep doing this crazy thing. So thanks, thanks for all your help. Yeah, we can do it without you. No, let's move on. Rapid, rapid tonight, aren't we? Yeah, smooth. COVID-19 news. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like... It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark <laughs> as seasonal influenza. Of course, we're getting bored. We want to have fun. I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Epic dub. Did you? <laughs> you asked for some Farage, didn't you? I did, thanks. Yeah, well, there you are. You've had it now. What the Farage? <laughs> oh, that's his that's new show. Yeah, on the GB News. Oh, um. Have you heard about uh, Georgia Clark? No, pray tell. Who is she? What George, does she do? Georgia Clark is a reporter for the Daily Telegraph over in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that hack. Yeah, that fucking <laughs> hack. Uh, I guess she's about 30, something like that. Early 30s, I'd guess, looking at her. Um, and she posted this on Twitter on the 25th of July with a little photo, a little selfie with her mask on. Fully vaxxed. Take that, COVID-19. Syringe emoji, virus emoji. Cringe emoji. <laughs> Remember what freedom felt like? Well, that's what we get if we all get vaccinated. The jab is a ticket to freedom. So come on, jump on that ride. That was uh, the 25th of July. And then uh, fast forward uh, two weeks and she posted this video on Twitter. So I just spent the night in hospital with chest pain. I've had chest pain for about a week. It started about a week after I got my second dose of Pfizer. Um, I'm feeling okay. The pain's being managed with medication. Um, And the doctors believe it's pericarditis, which is a very rare side effect of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, It can be treated, which is the important thing. Um, And really, I just wanted to... This is a kicker. Film this message to say that even despite these side effects, I would get the vaccine again. Um, For me, it's more important that we all protect ourselves and save lives, make the sacrifices that we need to for the greater good. Then, um, you know, and I think the benefits of that far outweigh any potential side effects, uh, particularly given the the side effects of COVID, the long-term impacts can... It's like the ultimate virtue signal, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the interest of, of balance, because I'm, I'm probably the most BBC of us, <laughs> um, the, there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff on social media now saying, you know, almost the opposite of that, where they're saying, oh, this politician said... Oh, I'm not taking the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. It's a bioweapon or whatever. And then he dies like a few weeks later or catches COVID and gets seriously ill. And, and that's, there's a lot of, what's that shameful joy? Schadenfreude. Mm. Uh, around that from certain aspects of of uh, of the 
the social media users, I guess. And and this is kind of the opposite of that. It's you're highlighting someone who's who's gone, yeah, yeah, you've uh, vaccine and and got the um and got a side effect. I, I'm not qualified to tell anyone to take or not take. No, you don't get any medic. We don't give any medical advice. What interests me is that now that she's been put in hospital. She's using this as a virtue signal to say, I would still get the vaccine. She I mean, she's in luck. Down. She's in luck because she's going to have to have the booster every six months. Yeah. You know, so uh, something to look forward to. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely going to happen, isn't it? The, the whole boosting thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, FDA have just approved. I say approved. They've just authorized. There's a big difference between FDA approval and emergency use authorization, but they've just authorized the boosters. For uh, the autumn, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have it. We're having it for vulnerable people here, aren't we? Yeah, I'm not sure it'd be. I don't know, but I'm not sure it'd be mandatory for us. I've been in a situation where I have had to have a mandatory flu vaccine. Yeah, for a few years because of my job, and and I had a, I had a flu vaccine for a few years, but I don't have it now. No. Only because I either forget or I can't be bothered walking down to the pharmacy. Have you heard about them combining them? Yeah, COVID and flu well, vaccine. Yeah, that's fine. There's lots of multivalent vaccines out there. MMR and there's one with six in. There's a couple of meningitis ones that are that are multivalent. And your flu, your standard flu vaccine's trivalent anyway. It's got three strains in it. Some are quadrivalent yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so it's, that's because they don't know which uh, strain is going to be the most prevalent that season. Do they? No, that's right. And they they want to give you a a sort of global coverage in case you go off traveling i guess so you get a b strain and a couple of a strains usually yeah h1m1 was in it for years and years and years after the swine flu pandemic um and this is probably similar in that you know we have a pandemic and then you throw in the vaccine against that in your flu vaccine and it's broadly the same i don't don't know why well i think i do know why but Mm -hmm. We know the, you know, when the swine flu pandemic was around, pe- a lot of people were dying, a lot of people dying quite quickly. It was bad. There was a lot of people on ventilators. I don't remember being that bothered about it at the time, but I was a lot younger. Well, it's 2008, and I was on the front lines. Uh, yeah, different world now. Social well, that's media it. It didn't is, exist. And it is social media, isn't it? That's, that's the thing. and he, That's almost driven policymaking in the government. <laughs> To an extent, because it, you know there was there was policies to stockpile vaccine for swine flu, and yeah. no one batted an eyelid. Well, there was a bit of grumble about, oh, we've bought millions of vaccines and we're not used them. There was now. there were stories um, within the EU about people uh, taking legal action about the these. You know, it was billions. I mean, it's small beans compared to what they're spending on COVID, but. They spent billions on vaccines that were never used, and there's there's there are nurses even now who still aren't getting paid compensation for the uh, narcolepsy from the swine flu vaccine. Oh, that was that, the GSK one, wasn't it? it wasn't wasn't that, ours? Well, I don't think you get a choice which one you have. I think you have to take the one that you're given. Yeah, there were. Um... So, I mean, it took. A, I mean, you know, those adverse events were. I think they were slow to materialize. Nothing. They happened sort of within within a month. 
No, um, but no. there was a, a signal in nurses uh, getting narcolepsy, and I don't know whether that was part of the reason why they stopped, why they abandoned the swine flu, or whether it was just like the media got tired of it and let it go. I think it was pandemics or pandemics. Um, yeah. The GSK vaccine that did have those those adverse events, the yellow card. I mean, it's uh, it's nothing compared to the adverse events we're getting now, is it? Well, I don't know. I've not I've not gone back to look. Uh, but I know narcolepsy was a big one, and they, that came off the market. That vaccine, you know, they they stopped it when there was when there was um, those reports. But well, that's broadly because there was alternatives available. Like Tamiflu, was it? No, Tamiflu was a was a like a prophylactic uh, medication. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it wasn't. This... It wasn't a prophylactic. It was. It was a treatment. How's this vaccine not a prophylactic? A vaccine is a prophylactic. Sorry, I'm, I misspoke. No, I mean this vaccine is a prophylactic medication. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it doesn't stop you getting it or transmitting the virus. Um, the latest data from, that we covered last week from Public Health England and the CDC. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's. Um, they're saying that it's the Delta. It doesn't stop you uh, transmitting the Delta or getting it. Well, that's, that's like having last season's flu jab and then getting flu this season. Yeah. So it's a different strain. You're in an arms race with Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can win it. No. It's like, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say then. Like, if you think of uh, measles, measles is far more trans infectious than COVID than even the Delta strain of COVID. Right. Yet, um, vaccination rates of 90% give you herd immunity from the measles. But because these vaccines for the COVID are so weak, um, herd immunity has been rendered mythological. I read that in The Guardian. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, uh, historically vaccines aren't. I mean, they're not. Well, I'm not good. I would say flu vaccine. I know the data came out and it was ninety percent, eighty percent, whatever. Flu, your flu, seasonal flu vaccines. <laughs> well, exactly. Your seasonal flu vaccine was round about sixty percent on a good season. Mm. Effective. Uh, yeah, maybe it's something to do with respiratory viruses. But come back to the point: measles is more transmissible. Yeah. Yeah. The vi- the vaccine for measles must give some sort of sterilizing immunity. That makes herd immunity a possibility, even with such a high infectious rate, which these vaccines aren't doing. Maybe me, I, ah, maybe this is it. Maybe measles is a more stable virus that doesn't mutate. And that's possibly because so many people are vaccinated from it. Less people to mutate. Less people have it, and therefore it has less chance to mutate. Whereas if, if all of a sudden, and this did happen after the... MMR, yeah, the the original Andrew, MMR Andrew vaccine scares, um, ninety six. The um, the uh, the MMR obviously vaccination rates fell, and the measles cases went up, and there was there were a few areas where there were significant outbreaks of of measles. Did it mutate though? It didn't. No, no. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know what the virus is called. I mean, the other issue is is that one thing I'm not sure about with these vaccines is that they're so uh, targeted on the S-protein that it won't take much of a mutation to make them redundant, and then we're back to square one. 
Yeah, and that, that's where um, <clears throat> boosters, in a way, give an opportunity to improve the vaccines. Yeah, but you're always playing catch-up. Yeah, well, yeah, you will. You, we do on, in flu vaccine. Yeah, but all I'm saying is it's because it's targeted so narrowly. Yeah, so so the booster or whatever, or the, the next generation of... Um, sorry, a fist away. <laughs> the next generation of um, <clears throat> vaccines against this or or whatever comes next shouldn't be so targeted on that one thing because all you, all you need is a change in that one area and it renders the vaccine less effective. Yeah. Yeah, Geert Vandenbosch has been saying from the beginning that by having the vaccine so narrowly targeted on the S protein, you're essentially training the virus to evade. The problem with that is if you if you have a uh, a more broadly Im- impacting vaccine that say goes to for the DNA or the RNA in the in the, in the vaccine cell. in the virus itself, yeah. you run the risk of damaging other parts of the like if you train some because DNA. Is the same whether it's you know it's the same four base pairs, whether you're a you're a, a human or a hedgerow. So if you go for a, something that targets something that's very similar to healthy cells or somewhere else in the body that you don't want to damage, you may inadvertently cause <coughs> more issues. So going for these these coats around the outside of the virus that's their mechanism for attaching and to the cell yeah uh, the host yeah injecting their rna and causing that duplication so if you prevent that from happening then that's an effective way of stopping that infection which is where the where the hundreds of years of vaccine technology um where that's focused and has been focused but you can't you can't I don't think you can target any deeper than that without running the risk of damaging healthy cells. It's a bit like using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. You have to be a little bit more subtle. But yeah, you're right. The the targeting external do, proteins is... How does the measles vaccine work? In the same way. I think that's live attenuated. Right. Now, this isn't... We're not doing this. We're doing no. some... We're, we're, it's a completely different technology where your body is being turned into the factory... People don't spike protein. Yeah, historically, people don't like live vaccines because you're, in fact, you know, it goes back to the past air and smallpox. Yeah, you're infecting someone with. You're basically giving them a small dose of the virus and training their body to. But it works. Yeah, it does work. Yeah. Whereas this one isn't. No, and I think they didn't. They start treating with. um, Well, this is slightly different, but they treated with the blood of. Um, monoclonal infected antibodies pe- infected people yeah 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 but not if you've been vaccinated if you've been vaccinated you can't be a donor for monoclonal clonal antibodies did you know that uh no no something to do with the interaction of the vaccine renders your 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 plasma uh ineffective all right for monoclonal antibody donation you have to have recovered from the virus there will be a hundred million other factors around why we don't use live attenuated viruses, uh, viruses and vaccines anymore. Yeah, but a lot and a lot of them will be. Oh, this is this is new technology and it it's proven to work, um, but it is new. There's not a lot of data on it. But 
we like it because it's new, so we'll go down that path. It's quicker, it's easier, it's probably cheaper. I mean, if you were going to twist my arm and, I, you know, I had to have a vaccine, I'd rather have a live attenuated vaccine. That's like going to a chicken pox party, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I did. Yeah. And my kids did. Mm. Uh, natural immunity is the best, I think. And I suppose uh, that kind of vaccine is the closest you're going to get. I've always thought that natural immunity is the best. And I think that was, as far as I'm aware... That's what I was taught all the way through my career. I am a scientist. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. And I've got... I've got uh, when, when was your last um, <laughs> paper published? Um, 2007. Okay, I'll put a link in the show notes because I don't believe you. Yeah, I want to um, verify that. It was a, a cream for, for <laughs> uh, burns. Right, okay. So, all right, oh, fair enough. I stand corrected like the man in orthopedic shoes. Yeah, um, so the, yeah, as far as I'm aware, natural immunity is Was that your best, dissertation? Yeah, natural oh, immunity is best. Okay. And the the latest since this pandemic is, um, you know, they're saying that the vaccine immunity is better, which I've never heard. Ever. Who's saying that? That's what I've heard, that you the vaccine provides better immunity than... Than the the natural immunity that's been all over the news for months. That's propaganda. Well, and that's what that's what they're saying, and that goes against anything I've been taught previously. Yeah, that's that's nonsense, isn't it? Well, who's who's saying know. it? Is the CDC saying it? I don't know. PhD. We'll have a look. We'll pull, we'll fact check this. <sighs> Man. Anyway, we've gone off track. We're doing COVID news. Should right. we do? Should we go back to the viral origins? Some uh, interesting, we've been talking about the CCP tonight, and there's all sorts of fuckery come out this week. <laughs> um, viral origin update. WHO investigator Peter M. Barak dropped a, a bit of a, a bombshell this week. Back in February this year, Peter M. Barak shared the stage with Chinese scientists and declared how a lab leak is the least likely source of the Wuhan virus. What's wrong with this guy's voice? <laughs> it's because it's... I'll tell you what it is. I have to go to Weon Today, India, to get this story because right. you won't find it on the BBC, CNN, ITN, Channel 4, Fox News. You won't play it. Because it's nonsense. No, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's in the, the Daily Mail did a, a piece on it. All oh, right. As far as the mainstream, <laughs> but as far as audio, um, I have to go to India to get a story like this. But you remember when... Uh, the, uh, they came out and did the the report on, you know, when the WHO finally were let into China to do their investigations. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, definitely not a lab leak. I'm I'm fine with it. It just doesn't help that it sounds like someone's typed it in on a, on a <laughs> yeah. website and it's being read out by a, a synthetic voice. <laughs> the findings suggest that the laboratory uh, incident um, hypothesis is... Uh, extremely unlikely and to explain the introduction of the virus into the human population. Six months after that claim, Embarek has come out with the truth. In an interview, he has revealed how the Chinese pressured WHO investigators in Wuhan. Embarek has shared that the Chinese researchers actively work to block any scrutiny into the lab leak angle. 
They first rejected the idea outright, saying that a leak was impossible. But the WHO investigators insisted on including the possibility. In the end, China prevailed. After discussing the issue for two days, Chinese researchers allowed the mention of a potential lab leak in the report, but with a rider. WHO investigators were asked to not recommend any future study into it. This concession is now proving to be a big mistake, because China has rejected the demand for a second investigation into the origins, one that would have explored the possibility of a lab leak further. <coughs> so he's safe now. It's six months on. He's, out, he's got out of the country. He can now uh, speak more freely and say how he was pressured by the Chinese government and by the scientists over there to do whatever you can to negate the lab leak hypothesis. And uh, now he's saying, I mean, there's a huge, this was just one small clip I got. I mean, there's tons of information about this, about how they destroyed data and all sorts of weirdness around this. Yeah, it's not unheard of, like um, stuff leaking from labs anywhere, really. I mean, we have, Porting down here, don't we? I'm sure they've had a few incidents. There's a second lab in Wuhan that most people don't know about. It's a third of a mile from the wet market. I didn't even know about the first one until a year ago, <laughs> two years ago, whenever it was. No, there is another one. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Near the wet market. But yeah, uh, there's an old Chinese proverb. There are three things that you can't hide forever. The sun, the moon and the truth. Yeah, that's nice. So we will see if uh, if we ever get to the bottom of it. I'm not convinced we ever will. No, probably because, not in our uh, lifetimes. Well, there's just so much opposition, isn't there? And uh, so much at stake, really. Yeah. Anyway, um, CPC fuckery continues. CPC? Uh, you, yeah, CPC, yeah. <laughs> CCP. Have you ever played Where's Wilson? No. I've not heard about Where's Wilson. No, what is it on PlayStation 4? No, this is about <laughs> Swiss biologist Wilson Edwards. Are you familiar with this story? Uh, did I read half a paragraph of this at some point <laughs> in the week, maybe? Now on to a surprise twist in the story of Swiss biologist Wilson Edwards. If you haven't heard it yet, Wilson oh, is yes. a Facebook user who's been heavily featured in Chinese state media these past few days. It's because he wrote a Facebook post criticizing the U.S. for attacking China over COVID-19. Wilson claimed to be a Swiss biologist, and his post was used by Chinese media as proof of the U.S. politicizing the pandemic. But this week, the Swiss embassy in Beijing threw a wrench in Wilson's story, saying it believes that the man doesn't exist. She means a spanner, right? Yeah, not a wrench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it turns out the guy is uh, a fiction. Right. I've got the, ch- the uh, tweet here from the Swiss embassy in Beijing. Uh, Looking for Wilson Edwards, alleged Swiss biologist, cited in press and social media in China over the last several days. If you exist, we'd like to meet you. (laughs) But it is more likely that this is fake news and we call on the Chinese press and netizens to take down the posts. And uh, quietly, the state-controlled media have started editing the articles referring to this fictitious Swiss biologist. Now, everything I've heard about 
you know, Russia and China, I would have thought they'd be better at this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Rather than creating a Facebook profile that has three posts. <laughs> Just that, um, who's that guy? Oh, no, MySpace. Just the picture Tom. of Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. This is such a crock of shit. Now, how many bloody um, COVID newses have we done so far? Do you reckon? hundred and over a hundred? Do you reckon? No. That'd be two years. Oh, would it? Oh, no, sorry. 60? 60, 70. 70? A lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of, lot of COVID news. There is a lot of COVID news. No, I want to see a skateboarding dog or something. You know, like the end of News of 10. You'd have, uh, and finally. <laughs> the lighter side. Yeah, we do do These that. These ducks cross the road. Yeah, but I want the whole podcast to be. There. Oh well, there's not. You can't do that. You got to do serious stuff, and there isn't. We don't get sent enough funny stuff. It's no. all conspiratorial and yes. machinations and Machiavellian political maneuverings, which is also nice. Well, it's interesting. Mm. You know, this is how the world works. Mask mandates return to U.S. schools. Masked men. Masked men mandating <laughs> you wear a mask. <laughs> Who? Masked men dates <laughs> something schools masked mandates yeah <laughs> masked mandates return to US schools even kindergarten so kids <sighs> as young as two wearing masks yeah oh, they don't even do that over here no yeah different level of crazy over there maybe what are Australia doing that's that's oh, good barometer oh my god no they're six months ahead of us right okay. yeah uh, Sydney's just gone into lockdown six I think hasn't it because of uh, a case <laughs> <laughs> there's been a case of Ebola in Sierra Leone for the first time in 20 years 15 years in Sierra Leone Sierra there was an outbreak Leone. in Liberia in 2013 I'm going to say mm-hmm um, but first case in Sierra Leone in fifteen years. Right, they're trying to contact people. I'm I'm keeping an eye on that. To see what how they how they manage that because that is a a really serious disease. That and Marburg. Are you trying to say that COVID isn't a serious disease? Oh, I never said that. How dare you insinuate? <laughs> what's such what's a, the um, K, uh, infection fatality rate for Ebola? It's about twenty percent, forty percent at the last outbreak. But it has been known to be up. Uh, as high as 90 in previous outbreaks. That's a big difference. Yeah. Smaller outbreaks, but with higher fatality rates. What did they put that down to? No idea. They, they had a lot of... Um, well, they they managed to, uh, similarly to COVID, back in 2013, so this is between swine flu and now, there was an Ebola outbreak. We had one case here. A Scottish nurse came back. She, she yeah. had it, didn't die. But it can main, remain dormant in the body for years and then just, just come out and really? be active again. Yeah, it's a nasty, nasty... Uh, Maybe we thing. all have it. Probably. That's how we got mitochondria. That's how we survive a, a bacteria. Anyway, <laughs> the um, the Ebola outbreak, or the Ebola case in Sierra Leone, would be interesting to see how the World Health Organization are managing that um, crisis because that's... Uh, like I say, that's super serious. And I don't know if they'll follow the same sort of policies they, they've supported with lockdowns and stuff over here, but they're definitely trying to trace contacts, which is what they did in 
2013. And the di- I think the difference in fatality rate that you were questioning, in that latest one where it was down to 40, uh, they again, they were using monoclonal, or they were using serum from, from victims to, to try and help. From people who survived. Yeah, from people who survived, which were rare at the time in the early days. And they, they have also quickly produced a vaccine in that small time period as well. And again, it was phase, up to phase three and, and emergency use. And, and you know, they, they nipped it in the bud, which is, thank, thankfully they did. I think there were 11,000 deaths or something um, over three years. Um, but if that had gone wide, uh, it would have been worse than this. I think that was the, uh, was that not the first mRNA vaccine, the Ebola one? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wasn't certain it was, so I didn't want to mention it. Maybe it was a adenovirus? Is it like a Chadox? Maybe. Ch- Chadox 1, Chimpanzee Adenovirus Oxford 1. Well, yeah, possibly. Maybe. No, because I, I want to say that these new mRNAs are the first that have been used on humans. The Pfizer and the Bound and the uh, Moderna. Moderna. I want to say I might be wrong. I've never I've never heard of them being used on humans before. When I was no. when I was in the game, it was um, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and there the was talk of them, and the the worry that. Well, the, the worry that I had, and I don't think it was shared in the industry, was that if you j- j- developed an mRNA vaccine, you wouldn't have to um, have a seasonal flu vaccine because you could, you could, uh, and I think there was, there was something in New Scientist as well. So it's fairly broad mainstream media thinking around this. You could have an mRNA vaccine that you could take once, and it would. It would remain and sort out all your. your uh, they got that wrong, didn't they? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, well, it was speculation. This was what two thousand and nine. It'll be the cure all. You'll have it one, one and done. It was well. It was only like eleven, twelve years ago, and now yeah. they're, they're actually doing it. So, but you're gonna have to have it every six months. Well, so they say, but it, it depends. Depends how it's been. Uh, I, I don't know. Technologies. Moved on, I guess. Anyway, mass mandates return to schools in the US from kindergartens and up, two years on and up. Uh, now, there was a study, uh, sorry, uh, I think it was an article in the Wall Street Journal came out about some some new science done about kids wearing masks, potential psychological downsides, developmental downsides, uh physical downsides because you're taking in more co2 Mm. wearing a mask so jen saki who's the white house spokesperson spokesperson for the president was you know was quizzed about any concerns about bringing back mask mandates for two-year-olds he says that his concern is about harmful emotional academic and psychological effects of putting kindergartners in masks for hours at a time. Is there any concern from officials that you guys talked to in your early pre-decisional uh, discussions about that? No, there's not. 
And I will tell you from personal experience, my rising kindergartner told me two days ago she could wear a mask all day, and she's just happy to go to camp and go to school. And the objective from all of our public health officials have, has been clearly, and our Secretary of Education, kids need to be in school. We know they're... Yeah, so my kindergarten says uh, I can wear it all day, so... N equals one in that study. <laughs> yeah, that's the policy. All right. That's not following science, is it? I don't know. I, the, I don't think it's that precedented, is it? I mean, I, I can only think of maybe China, Japan, areas, probably not Japan, areas where uh, pollution's really bad, where, where children that young might wear masks. Two-year-olds? Yeah, might, well, yeah. Yeah, wear masks to protect them from, from the pollution, and it'll be on... In subways and things. Oh, in school? To school. Six hours, seven hours uh, no, in school? No, not for, not for that long. And that's the only thing I can think of, where kids wear masks for uh, 20, 40 minutes on a commute. Yeah. And you'd have to look into that data. And, and I bet no one's done a study on that because it's never been a question asked before. Well, no, because the whole th- theme of this pandemic is we're going to sacrifice children for old people. So it's either way around. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, policy. But if we're all unmasked, we're actually less free. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the same woman who said that? No, it's no. not. No, that's a scientist, actually. Right, yeah. yeah. Don't, I, Oxford I don't, or Cambridge? I can't remember. I, I have to, you know, wave the flag for science. Right. Don't shit on scientists. What? Why not? Well, because... Don't shit on scientists. I don't think you should. What? Scientists are a homogenous glob, are they? That Absolutely, are yeah. Beyond reproach? Yeah. Protected. Protected characteristic. Oh, you turn into a scientist. <laughs> a sci- scientism. Scientologist. Like, no, it sounds like scientism, that. What the hell's scientism? This sort of, uh, it's, it's a religion that, you know, if it, I won't believe anything unless it's in a peer-reviewed... I think uh, no. I, I think you should. Um, you're perfectly fine. The global anyone is perfectly fine to to say this individual. I don't don't agree with. But you you said it's because she's a scientist. Oh, did I? Yeah. I thought I, I thought I said she's a scientist. Just additionally, additional information. Yeah. Okay. So what football she, team. Does she, she, so she must be right. Right. Trust the science. Have you not heard the trust the science meme that's going around? I've heard trust the science. Yeah. Science is not uh, an ideology. No. It's a method of investigation. It's it's a methodology, nothing more. Mm. You know, trust Neil, would you trust Neil Ferguson? I don't know. To make a prediction? That's what he does, isn't it? It's what he does. His track record is not very good. I think in most fields he would have been sacked. I thought he'd been sacked already once anyway. What, for jumping, for breaking the lockdown rules yeah. to get his end away? Yeah, and then he quietly came back, didn't he? <laughs> and he's back in the media every week. 100,000 cases. What were his words, his exact words? It's inevitable that we'll see 100,000 cases a day when the lockdown restrictions are lifted. The big question is, will we see 200,000 a day? And as soon as he said that, cases started falling. Did he mean globally or? No, in the UK. Right. In the UK. We're running at about twenty eight to thirty thousand a day. Yeah. Sort of it's sort of uh 
put a spotlight on what happens on the efficacy of lockdown. We released all our all our legal restrictions. And people for weeks beforehand, a lot of scientists weeks beforehand are in The Guardian every week saying, whoa, it's too soon, you've got to pause. It'll be chaos. Cases will go out of control. And what happened? Yeah, went all right. It sort of went down. Weird. It's very strange. It just shows how unpredictable this situation is. Mm. And uh, it's sort of Professor Doom, isn't he? Anyway, I didn't want to get uh, I didn't want to get stuck on. If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. Disqualified. <laughs> that's well. That's a truism. What is? What well, he's just said. If you, what? If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. Yeah. How do you mean? So, I well actually. Are you still allowed to produce a negative test? So if someone who's not vaccinated can't go to a nightclub, therefore is not participating fully in society. Are you from the future? Because that, that, those aren't the rules at the minute. Right. <laughs> Sorry, yes, I am. <laughs> so those aren't the rules yet. Right. Well, I can't go to where I'm going this weekend without showing this NHS. Yes, you can. You can, you can be exempt. Oh, you can be exempt. Yeah. The, uh, do I need a piece of paper saying I'm exempt? No. Okay. All right. Oh, you'll have to look on the Gov website. It's the same as it was for masks. Not looking on a website. Jeez. Well, let's do what the TV tells me to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's right. You're saying that this is a truism. Fuck off. <laughs> if you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. You're saying that's a truism. I'm saying that's unacceptable. Right. Ah, well, I agree. it was already insidious within me that I thought that um, you had to be vaccinated to, to do anything. We don't want to go down this road. Aren't we Some... heading there, though? Well, yeah, if, if people just say, fuck it, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I think people will say that. Well, yeah, evidently. They all, a lot of them are. They don't care. So it's not quite a truism yet. What do you think the odds are of it becoming a truism? I'm I'm not convinced that they're going to put it that they're going to put it in law. Right, I'm okay. still I still I'm sort of sixty forty that this vaccine passport messaging is just coercion. I think you know without a vaccine you'll be able to do like ninety nine percent of stuff. You just won't be able to go to what I don't, uh, I don't know orgies. <laughs> That's fine. I won't miss state them. mandated orgies. I won't. I won't miss the state <laughs> state orgies. Oh, could you imagine? No, I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, it was a lot. Uh, it's primarily coercion uh, to get the vaccine numbers up in young people. Yeah, sort of bribery. Until it's actually put into legislation, it's not the law. It's quite unacceptable to me. When is Green Man? Um, Thursday. Right, so it's not even the law yet in this country. They're doing it off their own back. Yeah. I, I would say, well, lot, I would say I'm not coming to you on principle, you uh, fucking fascists. I'm not, I'm not that, I don't feel that strongly about it. <laughs> well, exactly, that's your part of the problem. I am, yeah. You know, yeah, Julia probably. Hartley Brewer, she's been double vaccinated. Who's that? 
Julia Hartley Brewer from Talk Radio. She's on, a well-known political... I've heard a name. She's been on Question Time. She's a well-known political commentator. Right. With a high profile. She's been double vaccinated, and she's saying, I won't go to any business that tells me I need a COVID passport to get in. I won't support medical apartheid. Right, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't support it. Well, you are. By not going against it. You do. You're acquiescing. Right, okay. If a business has chosen to implement this policy without the force of law, they're not required to do this, then by partaking in that in that business, you are supporting it. Oh, well. But, you know, it's up to you. It's your life. is. You, know, you don't have to have principles. <laughs> I don't have time to be busy for <laughs> principles. <laughs> anyway, should we go on to something more lighthearted? love to yeah indie no marks british sea power have changed the name <laughs> i quite like british sea power have you not here yeah they've changed it to Brit- british power <laughs> 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 do you want to bring back the empire why why white power <laughs> <laughs> uk indie band british sea power has announced they're changing their name to simply sea power and oh, it's a bit like simply red <laughs> yeah. in a bid to separate themselves from the recent wave of crass nationalism in quotes all ah, right see if they hadn't have changed it by the very nature of not acting against it similar way to me not going against the covid passports they would be they would be supporting crass crass nationalism uh incorrect okay <laughs> The name change they noted online on Monday had come after much reflection and soul-searching. They revealed it while promoting their first new music in four years. Ah, yes. Sales. We've been British Sea Power Power for 20 years, an amazing 20 years, when we've been able to continually traverse the British Isles to travel the world and go through many friendly faces, not least in the band's remarkable audience. But the name British Sea Power has come to feel constricting, like an ancient legacy we were carrying with us. Is this like when Ozzy Osbourne came out as vegan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Fucking vegan. Uh, When we came up with the name British Sea Power, there were at least two different lines of thought behind it. There was literally Sea Power, the elementary power of the oceans. Alongside this was the historical idea of British Sea Power, Britannia ruling the waves, the naval power that once allowed Britain to dominate the world and eradicate slavery. By the way, British sea power. Yeah. Yeah, it, arguably, yeah. Factually, eradicated factually. slavery. It was the British so Navy. Are, are they pro-slavery now then? They must be, yeah. Yeah. When we came up with the original band name, Britain no longer ruled the seas. The brand name was intended with a kind of wry humour. The band added they did not wish to be associated with isolationist, antagonistic nationalism. Noting how we have always been internationalists in our mindset, something made clear in songs like Waving Flags, an anthem to pan-European idealism. Sea Power's new single, to go with their new name Two Fingers, is the first offering from their upcoming album Everything Was Forever, which will be released in February 2022. So it's just a good way to get your, you know, your album publicised on the BBC, isn't it? Oh well, 
Fair play. I think it's um, complete cynical marketing publicity stunt, personally. With a bit of virtue signal thrown in for good measure. What other band names should change in? Or other things? I was thinking like British Gas. That's just have to be <laughs> Rectal Gas. <laughs> About Culture Club. Ooh, yeah. Bit sketchy. Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> I don't know. There must be someone can put it on Discord. Think, things that should have their names changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been a, a big positive news for the UK film TV industry. Oh yeah, I heard this. What is it about the Lord of the Rings uh, it's series? Com- on it's coming Prime. home. It's coming. Yeah. Middle Earth is coming. Absolutely, home. yeah. New Zealand's rolling mountains, lush meadows and forests may be famous as the backdrop for the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit film trilogies. But that's not enough to entice Amazon Studios to keep production of its Lord of the Rings television series there. The studio announced on Friday that the second season of the multi-million dollar... Second. The second season. New Zealand's rolling mountains, lush meadows and forests may be famous as the backdrop for the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit film trilogies. But that's not enough to entice Amazon Studios to keep production of its Lord of the Rings television series there. The studio announced on Friday that the second season of the multi-million dollar production will be shot in the United Kingdom, moving Middle Earth out of New Zealand for the first time. Well, no. Filming is currently underway in the small nation, but the studio plans to shift the filming of the second season to Britain. It's a move that aligns with the studio's strategy of expanding its production footprint and investing in studio space across the UK, according to a statement. The New Zealand government said it was told of the move on Thursday and was disappointed in the decision. No shit. Oh, British film power. Yeah. I think they spent nearly nearly half a billion dollars on season one. incentives and things. Oh, sorry. No, the cost of production. Yeah. It's the most expensive season of TV ever made. And it's coming to the UK for another four seasons. You know, within four seasons with inflation you could be talking upwards the best part of three billion quid yeah, they'll knock it down to 50 quid a series and uh yeah i, I imagine the uh the kiwis aren't so happy i wonder if they'll be looking for tall dwarf extras <laughs> yeah i think you could get a roll do you not think oh, you're <laughs> i reckon yeah can you do that oh, you're no is that not <laughs> how they speak in in minus titties. The uh in the mines of Moria. <laughs> it's uh it's round Hurst Green, isn't it? And um Stonyhurst, where you, you went to school and started I've heard different uh, 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 uh ideas of what the inspiration was. Birmingham as well for the for like Mordor. 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 There's been a Mordor. Um, Shall we hear some of the reaction from the Kiwis? How dare you! Amazon has said that they are bringing Lord of the Rings in line with other productions that they have that already shoot in the UK and that they're sort of trying to build up their production presence there and streamline everything. We have also heard that part of the reason for their departure might be down to 
New Zealand's COVID response, which obviously has been excellent, but part of the... It's been excellent. Yes. Because we shut the country. That might be why the leaving way that it's that it's responded to COVID has been to um, require people coming from overseas to spend 14 days in managed isolation. And that's at, typically at their own expense. So this is expensive for production companies. It adds time. It's sort of onerous. Um, that may be part of the reason too. So Amazon is saying, you know, that we want to expand our footprint into the UK, mm. whereas, um, no, it's looking like the rationale is you've fucking shut your country down for 18 months and you, you've already said this week that you're going to shut it, keep shut down for at least the end of each year till at least 2022 New Zealand. Wow. Because, you know... We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda. Right. Yeah. Because I'm literally a communist. fucking <laughs> cow. So, Maybe we could send like This Is England, uh, 1998 to be filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, why not? Bit of a cultural osmosis. Yeah, I'm sure they'll come up with something to, to film over there. It is a beautiful. Place. But not if you not if you can't get in. They could send drones, aren't they? Yeah, and just not have any actors. What about film crew or blue screen them all. But there's actors over there, probably. <laughs> Who, which, uh, which famous... Taika Waititi, I can't pronounce his name. The uh, director. Yeah, he's also and, an actor. Is he? Yeah. What films have he been in? Uh, Jojo Rabbit, directed yeah. and was in that. Don't know it. Uh, he, he, wasn't he in Thor and he was the... He directed Ragnarok. Guy. Yeah, but he was also the voice of the, what's his name? The big blue rock guy. Oh, really? Disky ghost. The South African one. Oh, no, I've got it wrong then, haven't I? Yeah, he was South African. I think you'll find. Uh, all right, so not that. He was in um, What We Do in the Shadows. Not soon. No, you don't watch television. You, can you you're anti entertainment. I've can, listened to the podcast. Can you name another actor from New Zealand? Uh, Brits. Uh, what's his last name? Brit? Is it Brit or Brett? Brit yeah. Marling? The two guys from Flight of the Concords and... <laughs> Flight of the Concords? Yeah, Reese Darby as well. He was also oh in Oh, my God. Right, so the three guys from Flight of the Concords. That's, it, that's right, what I'm going for. Name a, a, an actor from the UK. You can't just keep throwing things at me. I've named a few. From the UK? I don't know any actors from the UK. Mm. <laughs> There's a, a bit of a competitive disadvantage. So, okay, you're pitching. I guess you're pitching for the new uh, Lord of the Rings. It's going to be directed by Tika Watiti, and it's going to star the guys from Flight of the Concords. Yeah, and lots of CGI. And that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, doesn't sound great. Well, you won't be watching it. Well, obviously not, no. Hey, it's good news. Good news for the UK. It is. Big uh, cash, cash injection. Yeah. Definitely rolls. For uh, extras, yeah, I think we could get on there. Yeah, I think it's set a thousand years before the Lord of the Rings, right? So, uh, yeah, I think uh, 
I don't know. What what do you fans? Uh, you think you're a dwarf, dear? No, I'd probably have to go elven, like tall and pointy nose. All right, I'll go uh, human. No humans. They don't. <laughs> like, they like the guys in red on Star Trek. And <laughs> <laughs> you and me, away team. Meet me at the transporter deck. Perhaps I could be an ant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear. Did we do the, uh, yeah, we've done New Zealand, haven't we? Um, your shower exploded. What happened to your shower? My shower exploded randomly, right? It was about quarter to midnight, so daughter was in bed. We were just watching TV and then you know, getting ready to go to bed ourselves. And then a massive, ex- like, bang, crash. There's not like a tree had come through the window. Upstairs. An end. And then, and then, yeah, and uh, I thought the cat had knocked something over initially, but then you realise that that was much bigger. So we went upstairs. Daughter was up out of bed, like, worrying. Um, but no one, like, the bathroom door was closed. You know, it wasn't there. He'd, like, broken it or anything. Uh, no one had been near it. And we went up and opened the door, turned the light on. One, one of the, uh, it's like a, double shower glass enclosure one side of it was just completely gone and there was those you know when glass safety glass shatters there's just shards everywhere like yeah. little tiny diamond pieces all over the place so but it's the screen that exploded the screen exploded but with such force that it, it lacerated some of the uh, a couple of the shampoo bottles that were in the shower <laughs> exactly right and they right. they were they were broken and leaking yeah so yeah, and it was there was nothing. The window wasn't open. I initially I thought it was it might have been something to do with pressure because there was a thunderstorm going on nearby. I know, I know, clutching at straws, clutching at straws. Um, but there was nothing, uh, nothing that that touched it, went anywhere near it. That it it was just a complete random explosion. We're gonna have to get Christy Sumner in, yeah, to investigate. Well, that was my second worry that we had poltergeist. <laughs> but like your house was built in like the sixties, wasn't it? Thirties, I think. What? 30s, 60s, no. no, sixties. So it's unlikely that it would be haunted, Probably unless it was little. built on like an old druid burial ground. Yeah, probably. So it's in Middle Earth, isn't it? Maybe a Hobbit burial ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's but yeah, disturbing. It is. Yeah, so de- we need a new shower enclosure, basically. Uh, yeah, it's downside. Plus, how old was it? It been in there. Well, it was there when we moved in oh, in right. two thousand fourteen. Oh, that's handy. You can't get blamed for fitting it. No, nah. that's good. That's always good. You can always get blamed for fitting the next one, though. Yeah, yeah. I found a, a new guilty pleasure online. Is it um, so, something to do with swings? No, it's a Twitter profile called Libs of TikTok. Right. And it's just confused it confused young people. Libs with a lowercase L or... Right, okay. Or only feel male. Oh, I think I need to reset that. Uh, one second. So let's talk a little bit about my pronouns. In my bio, I have the pronouns they, them, unless a pink heart and then a blue heart, right? This was because I originally came up with a colour coding system of hearts to explain or show what gender I was feeling that day. So purple for they, them, 
like non-binary, pink for girl and blue for boy, right? But I've kind of just come to the conclusion that I'd like you all to use they, them for me unless I say otherwise, because for the most part, I always feel somewhere on the non-binary spectrum, however I'm presenting. And it's only on the rare occasion where I only feel female or only feel male that I would like you to use she or he, but that's not that often. And for most of the time, even if I am presenting masculinely, I'm fine with they, I'm always fine with they, but I'm, I have a difficult relationship with she sometimes and I have a difficult relationship with he sometimes. So always use they, them, if you don't know my pronouns. I hope this explains it. Thank you for listening. Love you, babes. Oh, perfectly clear. Can I just state that I have no pronouns and please do not refer to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of confused young people out there. I wonder how I'm going to tackle this because, you know, our kids are, well, my oldest and your kiddie will be uh, attending high school very soon. Yeah. And they're going to come head on to this nonsense. And uh, I'm wondering how I'm going to uh, tackle it. Come on, who are you then? Going to pick her in. Who? Going to pick her in. Who? Going to pick her in. Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me. <laughs> not sure what to do. Uh, well, I, you could just let it, let it go, as the film says. Chest feeding. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> you know, you know me. I'm very. Uh, I, I can't really put my energy into into. Um, yeah, it's different when it's your, your kids that yeah. start uh, getting involved in it. Oh my god, he's wiping his ass. No. I think it's just banter though, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Show me what you got. Chest feeding. It's, uh, I think. What? What? (laughs) I think it's just a case of crossing that bridge if and when you come to it. Yeah, I'm wondering how uh, inevitable it'll be. You know, I don't know. We shall see. We won't have. We won't have long to find out. Nah. And our kids start growing into this milieu. It's that exciting journey of parenthood. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. It's also a host plural called Pluter's Accountable. Disqualified. Call Pluter. Yeah, should we, uh, should we fuck off into the night? I think we should. I've got, like... Let's go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll sign off for tonight, then. Moth cells. Ooh. And uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know if Matt's here next week. Thanks Thank for you. listening. I'm not here next week. You're not here? No. No, you're uh, participating in medical apartheid. Absolutely. Slushy deposit. <laughs> <laughs> the cabinet office is terrifying as shit. No. You, you are extremely cool, guys. All right, then. Uh, Wakanda forever. Epstein didn't Epstein himself. McAfee didn't. Praise Jablon. Enough. Well, the thing is, what do you do? You call between the devil and the rock at a half place. This is such a crack of feces. Right. Take care. Look after yourselves and each other. See you next week. See you later. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like. What did you do with Big Jungus? It's a miracle. I'm a blind man. It's a miracle. I'm a blind man. What the barrage? Crisis in Plotland.